Hey kids, welcome to episode 42 of Piercing the Veil with me, Robin Pierce. Me, Tiff. Me, Stephen Pierce. And without further ado, we've got a lot to talk about this time. So, let's get the ball rolling with some news that's come our way this week. First of all, who saw the new Ghostbusters trailer? Yes, it came out a couple of days ago. came out a couple of days ago. Your take on it? This is how, for me, from the trailer, it's how the ill-fated Ghostbusters film of a couple of years ago came out. Um, where it had no connection at all to the previous Ghostbusters. This one seems to get the tone dead right and how it should have been all along. The the last Ghostbusters film... Wasn't that an all-female crew? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. But that's not why I think it didn't work. It didn't work because it was, I think, a reimagining or a reboot of a very popular film, a cult film, with, okay, an all-female crew, but that's not why it failed. Yeah. You had a unique set of talent in the first film, in Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and you had Bill Murray, and you swap that for, among others, Melissa McCarthy, who really annoys me in just about everything yes she's okay in some movies like i really enjoyed her in the heat and bridesmaids that's a good movie with her in it spy wasn't bad see spy, yeah that was all right we've had this conversation before and i reckon then if that in the two movies that i liked her in heat mm. and spy she was dealing with people who were more bankable names and bigger stars than she is they were higher up on the Hollywood hierarchy in Jason Statham in Spy and Sandra Bullock in Heat mm. um, she wasn't allowed to run away no. with herself as, as she has been recently my one question with Ghostbusters Afterlife is is this actually going to be Ghostbusters 4? Because in the... I think it was the... Toward the 2000 teens, they released Ghostbusters the video game with the original voice cast and it was in partnership with Columbia Pictures and it was the original script for Ghostbusters 3 but done in video game form. I well I would imagine that for the purposes of releasing a film this is kind of Ghostbusters 3 because it's the surviving cast yeah with some additions not everybody has the means to play the video games so they would be alienating yeah, sure. most of the audience now whether the uh, the reboot Ghostbusters plays a part in this. We don't know. If they refer to it in Ghostbusters Afterlife, then it's part of the continuity. Yeah. If they don't, it can possibly be just dismissed. Would you watch it if it was mentioned in Ghostbusters Afterlife as part of the canon? I think that my... OCD wouldn't allow me not to because I haven't seen it up to now um, but it might be one of those films where you just watch it on your way to the next one Yeah, I mean mm. most franchises have films like that in them somewhere Yeah. but for your uh, benefit Tiff mm -hmm. it seems from what we've seen in the trailer that um, it's a farm setting they find the Ecto-1 in a barn. They find one of the ghost-trapping devices in, in a cellar. And this seems to be the, the retirement place of the now-deceased Egon, played by yeah. uh, Harold Ramis. And it's his granddaughter oh, okay. who, who discovers this. 
um, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, is in there somewhere. We don't know what as, but we know that he encounters in like a convenience store um, an army of little, I mean, two-inch tall Mr. Puffed Marshmallow oh, yeah. Men. Yeah. We know that um, Slimer makes an appearance. Yes. We've seen that in the trailer. And there's kind of a teaser at the end of it. Yeah. And I'm not sure which of the surviving two's voice that was. I think I know. Okay. Do you want to tell us? I think it's Bill Murray. I'm pretty sure it's him. You think it's Bill Murray? Yeah. I wasn't sure. I've only seen the trailer one time. It could either be Murray or Aykroyd because for me. Because in the, if you noticed in the window of the shop, yeah. it was to do with the experiments that he was doing in the first film. Yeah, but they all were. But he was the main one doing oh, the questioning. Right. Um, basically, a phone rings, and you hear a voice saying, now nah, we're closed. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> so, are we looking forward to this? Yes. It comes out later on this year. Yeah, November 11th. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. So, that's got to be a cinema yeah. trip. I mean, I will go and see it just to see the Ecto-1 in action again but as well as the fact that it's the proper Ecto-1 yeah. it's not kind of a reimagined it, it is the, the, even, they even redid the Ecto-1 in the last one didn't they yeah it was it wasn't a, like the Cadillac ambulance ambulance no it was a I believe a repurposed hearse I think okay. but I could be wrong on that right hopefully I can live the rest of my life out without having to watch that film um, but I stress it was not because of an all-female cast, which brings us to the other big news. Um, Jodie Whittaker and uh, Chibnall are leaving Doctor Who. So long. Yes. I, I've not been happy with the series, the past two series. Um, but before anybody starts writing poison pen letters and sending me apples with razor blades in them, um, I have been, at best, a casual fan. When I was a small child, I mean, Doctor Who started when I was three, I, I wasn't that much into it because we had barely a BBC signal at the house. We only had two channels, and one of them came through clearly, Hence, I spent my childhood watching ITV, Lost in Space, Irwin Allen, all this. Um, I, I've, I'd seen quite a few Dalek episodes, but that was Daleks and Cybermen. The rest pretty much passed me by during the William Hartnell years, the Patrick Troughton years. Um, I think it was uh, the early 70s when John Pertwee took over that we finally had a clear signal. And I started watching, but even then, I found toward the end of their seasons, I, I would get kind of tired of it. Then, as I was growing up, Tom Baker took over. I found some of his interesting, but I, I really I was back down to just watching it really for Daleks and Cybermen. When he left, we had Peter Davidson take over, and I remember I was, what, late teens, early 20s, and I thought he was too young. Doctor Who should never be around the same age as me, especially when I was in my 20s, yeah. because I was used to him being an eccentric, older guy, kind of a complete anti-hero. Um, and then the BBC started to mess with the formula. They changed episode lengths and they moved it uh, opposite Coronation Street on ITV, which at that point dominated everything. When Peter Davidson left, Colin Baker took over and my interest just went. I didn't like his take on the Doctor. I didn't like the, the direction of the, the series and I stopped watching altogether. It was during that point that we actually got the worst Dalek story I think I've ever seen. Yeah in uh, Resurrection of the Daleks. When Sylvester McCoy took over after David's, um, Colin Baker's single season, um, I thought it was too little too late, and the series went. 
when it came back, let's, you know, okay, we had the TV movie. When it came back, of course, we had um, Christopher Eccleston, and it was all fresh. And I still say with um, Christopher Eccleston, it doesn't matter who you had in the role at that time, it would have still been fresh. It would have been fresh, absolutely, because it had been gone for years. It didn't matter, male or female, it would have still no. been a hit. Then we had um, David Tennant take, take over, and I found I liked Christopher Eccleston so much in the role, even though I'd been kind of dismissive, you know, he looks like an East End thug, a Time Lord, really? Um, it took me a while to get used to him, but I thought that his seasons were really good. Apart from the season with Freema Agaman, uh, Martha, where I thought she was all angsty, wanting a romantic involvement with the Doctor, and we'd only just come off oh, yeah. Billy Piper's yeah. role, and it was too much of the same thing. Matt Smith took over, and again, there was that thing of him being very, very young, not mentioned David Tennant. That's what I was talking about just now. No, you were talking about Christopher Eccleston. No, I I, I mentioned David Tennant taking oh, okay. over, and it took oh, me a while to okay. get oh, used to him. Okay. I thought the Freema, Freema Agaman uh, season with Martha was too right. soon after. Catherine Tate was a perfect foil for him. Mm. When Matt Smith took over, at first I thought too young again. But he had such an alien-looking face and persona about him. He was completely otherworldly. He, he had a face that is perfectly suited to playing somebody who is not of this world. A little bit like Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Yeah. Okay? Okay, we had um, uh, Peter Capaldi take over from him. And I thought, oh good, older Doctor. Then he left just in time for Jodie Whittaker to take over. And the Chris Chibnall took over the writing duties. And I think it died a death right there. To be honest, though, the Peter Capaldi seasons, other than the first two, yeah, they weren't exactly strong. I lost interest after David Tennant. The, really? The, the, yeah. the writing went downhill awful in that last season. I have nothing against... I mean, I'm going to address the people who say, oh, you don't like it because it's a woman. You can't tolerate strong women. I'm sorry. I've been, you know, watching Alien. I'm a comics fan. You know, there's Wonder Woman, Princess Leia, instead... You know, name them. There are so many strong women in science fiction or science fantasy. Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker, was not the first. No. And she is far from being the best ever. The BBC thought, perhaps, that they were being really controversial, but they blew it. And however much a Doctor Who fan you may be, they blew it. This was not a controversial move. Because... If they wanted to do a really controversial move, and let's not forget, we'd already seen the Master become female, and that really, really worked. Whenever a new showrunner takes over, they wipe the board clean, and there's a new TARDIS, there's a new sonic screwdriver, the Daleks may or may not get a makeover, um, there's a new companion, it's all new, it's like a reboot for the series. And this time, I think that that was the wrong way to go. They should have kept an existing companion. Okay? Yeah. Because of too much change, you think? No. All right. Imagine, okay, if this had happened when Billy Piper was in the role at Ro as Rose. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Eccleston turned into um, Jodie Whittaker. Mm -hmm. Her sort of like this this guy that she looked up to is now female. 
how would that have affected the relationship? If you want to tell a transgender story, don't tell it from the point of view of people who never knew the doctor as male. Tell it from a point of view of somebody who's got to confront this character they've always known to be a male gender yeah. to now be a female gender. And you think, you know, get her reaction as to what's going on. Yeah, that would be a... If you want to push it really further, and this is where they missed another trick, how about... Uh, imagine Matt Smith turning into Jodie Whittaker, mm -hmm. okay? And his travelling companions, of course, were, were um, oh, Amy. Yeah. And it was Amy, wasn't it? Amy yeah, Pond mm -hmm. and Rory. Yeah. Right? We always had the impression that Matt Smith's doctor had the hots for Amy Pond. Yeah. Imagine he turns into Jodie Whittaker. Mm -hmm. Would that attraction have been there? Still be there? Would Amy be thinking to herself, well, I'm not the only woman in the TARDIS anymore. You know, you've got a little bit of conflict going on there. Right. And with Rory, what if Rory found himself suddenly attracted to the new female doctor, despite being married to Amy? Would that not have been a far more challenging way of telling grown-up adult stories? And no, I'm not talking about turning Doctor Who into a raging lesbian. But if you want conflict, wouldn't those have been far more interesting stories than just, oh, I'm a female, but nobody knows that I've ever been male. Let's put on a funny costume like you know, Colin Baker had. Um, and, and let's go and have some adventures I, with I this find... bunch of diverse people. And let me tell you something, BBC lovers. Diversity. You want to see diversity? Look at any season of Star Trek going back to 1966. No, the BBC did not invent diversity. They are merely ramming it down our throats. I, to be honest with you, I actually find Doctor Who these days... Um, both offensive and insulting because you've got one I don't even know if he's still a companion because I don't watch it and I think they're down to one female um, now is it the young guy that yeah, was with them because, because whenever he did anything he, he would say oh that's not bad for a guy with dyspraxia and that offended me Steve yeah. because you are dyslexic yeah. never once have you done something that's been truly outstanding yeah. And at the end of it said, that's not bad yeah. for a boy with dyslexia. Yeah, it's you have kept it quiet. It's insulting. Mm. And the other thing is, Jodie Whittaker may well be a good actress. She may well be. But, in, Do but in Doctor Who, all she is doing is ripping off everyone that came before her. She's got nothing new. I am. Um, she she tends to look at everything with her mouth wide open, but she is not being served by good, well written, well thought out scripts. She could probably do yeah. a fantastic job as the Doctor if the stories were there, but the stories aren't there. Yeah. Rosa Parks episode. What did I take away from that? Not that a black woman made a courageous move in not moving on the bus, but that she had no alternative to because she was manipulated in, into doing that. By the white folks. How insulting it, it, is it's that? It's insulting. It's awful TV. Mm. It's terrible TV. Um, I mean, from a sci-fi point of view, and let, let me just make the point that Doctor Who isn't science fiction. Now, understand that. It is not science fiction. It is science fantasy. It's unproven science and, you know, time travel itself is, of course, unproven. Um, time and space, it's all a story device to tell stories. It's not science fiction, no matter how much people want it to be. Hell, Star Wars isn't science yeah. fiction. It's science fantasy. Flash Gordon, science fantasy. Star Trek, I would say that's science fiction because it's based on an extrapolation of where we are now to where we will be in 23rd century. Anyway, 
Um, she regenerated. Sorry. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> she regenerated in her first episode, and the first thing she did was go to a back street garage somewhere in in Sheffield, and she built herself a sonic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver is alien technology. It can do just about everything, and she built one in within the time of the the episode, not, you know the the. Yeah. Um, the 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 running time. I mean, you know, in about half an hour, she'd whipped up a new one out of bits and pieces she found lying around in a back street garage. I didn't swallow it then. I don't swallow no. it now. Now, we had uh, a Christmas special with a a rogue Dalek trying to rebuild itself, and if they 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 had no clue what to do with this. Um, because they had the Dalek go to a run-down farm in the middle of nowhere, go to one of the outbuildings, and build itself a rudimentary shell with a blaster and flight capabilities out of bits and pieces you would find in a barn. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But all the fanboys are there saying, oh, this is the best thing ever. But my question is... Have the BBC written themselves into a corner because the Doctor is now female. She is quitting. The The guy who who took Doctor Who, in my opinion, all the way back to the days of Colin Baker, where it's unwatchable, are leaving. Yeah. Both of them are going. At the end of next year, after what they are calling a blockbuster special, I won't hold my breath. I in fact, I won't even watch it. What do they do? Are we going to have another female doctor? Or will they go with another male doctor? Which might look make it look from the public's point of view like, whoa, the grand experiment of having a female doctor didn't work then. What will they do? Will the next doctor actually be transgender the one of the things that got where, where do they go from with here doctor who and i think this is where they've made uh, i've lost count of how many mistakes they've made in that show um i believe it was paul mcgann basically he was in the doctor who tv movie yeah and they had before the 50th anniversary with david tennant and matt smith mm. there was a webisode where he turned into the war doctor john it, hurt yeah. It only lasted about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And there's something about like witches or something on Gallifrey. And he was given a choice there and then. Because, this is doing the time war, yeah. isn't it? You know, it back was, when Doctor Who was good. It was a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. You can either turn old, you know, change your look completely, or you can become female. It was like a potion or something. Yeah. And he chose the William Hurt Doctor. Right. So that's basically, you know, null and voided that. That's been swept away. I have heard that Chris Chibnall has wiped away a lot of the, the canon and changed things to suit himself. And the other thing that gets me is when they done flashbacks on the Doctor, mm. he, you know, he can be a part of an event but he's not supposed to interfere with any events at all. So take Pompeii. Yeah. You had... Um, Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Wanting to save one family. Yeah. But the rest had to go, because that's what happened in history. Yeah. And yet with the Rosa Parks episode, the entire thing was around the Doctor. Here's an interesting little piece of trivia. You know the family that he saved in Pompeii? Was that Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi. He was the father. Ah. But the thing is, when he became the Doctor, there's a he could briefly see him as that thing, but nothing was made of it. No, I, I, I was wondering if they'd crossed time streams, because, again, that would have been an interesting story. But the showrunners had changed, hadn't they? It had gone from Russell T. Davis to Steve Moffat. It's like I find, take the Daleks. I like the Daleks. Yeah. 
the you know the Daleks are going to invade Earth. Who cares? Seriously, we've seen them. We've seen them invade Earth hundreds of times now. Why can't they go back to Skaro? Why do they? I mean, the most obvious Dalek story to me has never ever been told. They were only supposed to be on the Doctor Who show for one story of six episodes. I think it was six episodes. Four or six, I can't remember. And at the end, the power supply to them was cut off. So they stopped. When they when they were a monstrous hit, no pun intended, they were brought back um, having invaded Earth. Okay? And we learn that before the Doctor actually, you know, stopped all activities on, on Skaro, that they had actually ventured out into space and had conquered lots of different races and they were all over the place. So if that was their ending, the critic part of me wants to ask, how come they didn't recognise the Doctor because they'd already encountered him so many times? Um, but... Going back to my original point of the most obvious Doctor story, why don't we have one where somebody lands on Scaro like an archaeological dig and finds the Daleks and restarts them again? Yeah. Mm. I'd have thought that would be the logical thing to do. But maybe, you know, that's too close to the Tomb of the Cybermen episode. But it would be an interesting mm. one. But I just, I, for me personally, even if you take CGI into account, yeah. it's awful CGI. It, it, it's not groundbreaking at all. They had good CGI, good effects, good stories when uh, Russell T. Davis was running it. And I still think that the um, second season of New Who yeah. episode uh, where the Cybermen and the Daleks were invading Earth. That was back when was it was... fantastic. It was unmissable back then. It was Back then it was an event series. Yeah. Whereas now the thing is, it's gone so bad. Yeah. I don't think even if you put a new Doctor Who new show writers, I don't think I even have the interest to go back and have another look. I, I think th it'd be best if they just stop it and then restart it like they did with Christopher Eccleston. Exactly. It needs to go away for a few years and then come back with a fresh direction and, and better writers. Because yeah. take the Daleks and the Cybermen two characters we both love they haven't actually done anything new with them. No. In years, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. See, I think that this... I've seen this before. I've seen this when they moved uh, Doctor Who from its regular Saturday night time slot. They started messing around with it, putting in midweek slots against Doc, um, Coronation Street. They put in a Doctor that nobody liked. The writing was appalling. The, bud the, the budget was slashed because at that point Michael Grade had taken over as director of the BBC and he was known for loathing science fiction. Now you don't cancel a really, really successful TV series but you can sabotage it and then cancel it because the ratings aren't there which is what happened back then and I'm seeing exactly the same thing happening again. I've seen this before and I am certain that I am seeing it again. Maybe they should change the the the, the name of the show from Doctor Who to Doctor Who Cares Anymore. Now then, Tiff, what have you got for us? Not a great deal to be honest. What have you what have you been doing? Where have you been? What you seen? Um Nowhere, nothing. Pretty Why? much, it's it's work, it's wedding planning, it's work again. So, not wedding a great deal. planning. Yeah. 
and you told me the other day it was what 70 what days 75 away? days so it's now 74 days Ooh. is it really 70 yeah are you sure of that yeah because it was only 100 days to halloween a couple of days ago yeah yeah okay. that actually makes sense because it's the 13th 13th yeah. october right we're in august tomorrow yeah mm. So then we'll have to introduce you on the show as Mrs. Tiffany Pierce Jones. Yeah. Esquire. I'm just having an Esquire. Can we just call you Tippy Double Barrel? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what have you been watching on the streams then? Uh, the again, just lie to me. But I've already spoken okay, about that. Um, you're my favourite child. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I've already spoken about that the past two podcasts, so... A little bird told me that you have seen, for the first time, Countdown. Oh, yeah, I did watch that, didn't I? What did you make of Countdown? Because we loved it. Yeah. We're talking now not about the the uh, quiz show for adolescents. Give me a pee, Bob. We're talking about the film with a killer app that will count down to your actual death. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, and then it was like, oh, would you download it? But I don't think I would actually download it because I think knowing would be more torture. Yeah, but the thing is, these kids were downloading it because they thought it was a novelty app. Yeah, they, yeah. they thought it's kind yeah. of like... Um, I know, but... What was it? Death Clock? They used yeah, to have online? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did those. Yeah. As a teenager... Knowing you as I did, as a worried parent, You'd have done <laughs> you would have definitely done it. Yeah, but I wouldn't now. What's changed you? Well, it's from watching it, isn't it? Like, would you download it knowing that would be the time that you die? Would you want oh, to Oh, no, 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 you no. can't have that knowledge. You don't have that, that knowledge. Is... It's just that there's... Say your friends are downloading an app. Yeah. Say at work, friends are, your friends are downloading an app. Yeah. All your to, friends are doing it, Tiff. To see sure. when they're going to die. Yeah. Would but you, you download don't know it to join that it's in? going to be dead after. But you don't know it's going to happen. Mm. Or would you just kind of come for the random bit? Because any date that you see, you'd think would be random. Yeah. But then, you know, one of your friends dies on that time that was on the clock and you know this would you be worried then yeah definitely. would it be another phone call Dad? <laughs> yeah of course you'd be worried i think i'd install it do you think yeah because I'd, I'd probably be one of the people that would think that to begin with it was a joke and then I'd be like the first one if they died on that day i probably wouldn't think much joke. like oh that's weird Probably by about the third or fourth, I'd be like, this is a bit too coincidental. What if I downloaded it and it showed a minus figure? That wouldn't work, would it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would. I died yeah. in January 2018. So it'd reset the clock, wouldn't it? <laughs> Going by that going by the app. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, I, 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 I got better. Yeah, I'd install it. Let's have a look. Yeah. Just have a bit of a business. Just, oh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. <laughs> I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I, I don't like my, my devices cluttered with stuff that I will not use. I'm a bit like that with my phone, yeah. I won't download, like, games and stuff like but that. You've seen my computer home screen. Yeah. The only thing that I allow on that home screen is my recycle bin. Is it? Yes. It's like oh. I don't see. The... I have one there line. There are no other no, icons. No, I have one line and then maybe two at the top of icons on my desktop. See, I don't see the point of having like any kind of games on my phone or anything like that because I have a console for that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but you have a lot on the bottom. Well, I. That's that's my. My start bar, I mean, you got to have that. Yeah, but it's basically like what you would have had on your desktop, but at the bottom. 
Are you going home now? <laughs> I mean, you've even got still the weather thing there. You have to know the weather. Yeah, you've got to know the weather. Oh, no, I didn't like because that. Because if I'm looking here, right, at my screen, yeah, I have to turn there. my head 45 degrees and... Because I'm far-sighted, I need my glasses on to see the screen. I'd have to turn my head full 45 degrees, right? Right. To look out the window and either peer over my glasses like an old man, which is not a good look, <laughs> or take them off. And I can't always tell if it's raining or not. So. Or you could just go, Alexa, what's the weather like? Thank you, Alexa. You can expect showers with a low of 13 degrees. There you go. Right. Moving right along. Oh, okay. And thank you for that special guest appearance. <laughs> um, you haven't been to the cinema lately, have you? No. Well. <laughs> okay, then. So, you haven't seen... Space Jam, which wasn't that a bad. new legacy, which wasn't that bad. It is the worst movie I have seen since that Detective Pokemon. Pikachu. Yeah, Detective Pikachu. You know what? I don't care. Wow. Pika. That was an awful film, and you both know it. Pika, Pika, Pikachu. I'm not editing this out yet. <laughs> I am leaving. The world can hear you make an ass of yourself by impersonating a little yellow Pokemon. hamster. Pokemon. Anyway. Shoots lightning. Anyway. You what? Shoots lightning. Out yeah. of where? His cheeks. Which cheeks to Space be? Space cheeks. Oh, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> And his tail. But that's a conductor, but that's a different story. Look, don't try and rationalise Pokemon to me. It's not going to work. Space Jam wasn't that bad. It was awful. It was good. It was a good-looking film. Mm. You've got um, LeBron James, the baseball... No, basketball. Basketball. Basketball um, player. I read the review. That you wrote. Okay, but our listener may not. Wow. He doesn't have the personality that Michael Jordan had. They're playing basketball, and basically, it's one long, tedious product placement advert for Warners. The best way I can describe it, it's not Space Jam. Okay. It's... Warner's deciding they want to have a go at making Ready Player One mm. without the story and decide, right, um, we'll throw a basketball game in. See, for me, I've actually ordered the movie on Blu-ray. You have? Yeah. Because, and it's not so much for the film itself, it's actually for the crowd. Are you proud that you've done this? Yeah. The crowd? Yeah, the crowd is Pennywise sourced is in the crowd. from oh. uh, Warner Brothers properties. You've got Batman in there. You've got Heath Ledger Joker in there. You've got Jack Nicholson Joker in there. Penguin. Right. You've got the Penguin, both Burgess Meredith. And you've got uh, a bit of Jack Nicholson. You've got the Nun from, you know, the Nun film from mm. those conjuring people. Um, Iron Giant is in there. Kong is mm. in there. Uh, the Flintstones. Yeah. That was my one joy in the film of was watching the crowd to see who I could but see. My the main, Jetsons were there. My main criticism with it, though, mm. is actually the Looney Tunes. But this this is where I think that we're differing on it. You went into it expecting to see the Looney Tunes. Yeah. I, Space Jam? I went in kind of knowing beforehand 
from when we watched on the Cartoon Network that there was no way they were going to be the Looney Tunes from Space Jam or Back in Action. I, I, it was always going to be dialed down. They were dialed down so much they weren't funny. And for they, they were taken away from their cartoon world and made to look... You know, as if they were real by a CGI mm. in in our world, and it just didn't work. The, there was nothing about the Looney Tunes in that that made me laugh, smirk. There was nothing in it that gave me joy. I just thought it was too dialed down. The Looney Tunes, and I said this on the movie review show with Alex and Richard last week. They were created not for children, but for adults seeing them in the cinema as part of a full supporting program. Yeah. Um, they became seen more as children's programming when they were sold to television in the late 50s, early 60s as filler, cheap filler. Yeah. Um, these, the whole humour is definitely aimed towards kids and the Looney Tunes were always a little bit like the Marx Brothers chaotic anarchic they, 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 they would tear everything down so the thing I really whereas miss. in this they it was all child safe humour don't offend anybody what I didn't we're like we're all winners was, you know what I mean um, in the original Space Jam the whole idea of the basketball game came up from bugs purely because the aliens were tiny so they yeah. thought that and they thought he'd have an advantage yeah yeah whereas with this it's straight into a basketball game and the movie itself i like the crowd and seeing like the Hanna Barbera and the different yeah. characters like that that is the only thing in it i thought okay that works but as far as Looney Tunes go, it's like, say if they did a similar thing with Disney and you had Mickey, Goofy, Donald, mm. they would be awful. Yeah, they wouldn't be the Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald that we know now. No. They're heavily CGI'd now. And because... And the writing isn't as good. Don yeah. Donald Duck, and I've seen the short where this happened... Orphan kids were getting, you know, were messing around. Yeah. In, a, in a concert. In a concert. Donald is on stage. Yeah. He pulls a gun on him. Yeah, and starts shooting. <laughs> you know, in the Looney Tunes, where we want Bugs Bunny to be the wise guy. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do any real harm, but if somebody crosses him... It is not going to end well for them. No. We expect Daffy Duck to have a full-on psychotic meltdown at any second. Yeah. Mm. Because he is on such a short fuse. Mm. And, you know, all this was kind of missing. It was, it was so heavily watered down that basically Daffy boiling over was dialed down to Daffy being tepid. Mm. And it doesn't work. I think the last gasp for the Looney Tunes that we all love yeah. was in Joe Dante's Looney Tunes Back in Action, um, which I, I, I watched on disc a week ago just to... I wanted to check to see if I still find the Looney Tunes funny or had I gasped grown out of them <laughs> I am happy to say that no I haven't because okay. they were as witty and as cutting and as anarchic as ever there's a scene in that where the, the cartoons are interacting with live people a bit like Roger Rabbit Yeah. and you've got um, Porky Pig at one table with his heavy stutter saying you know stutter don't stutter they want to get rid of me of, of my stutter and then when i do they tell me i'm not funny this political correctness is gonna kill me sitting opposite him 
Mm. You've got uh, Speedy Gonzalez drinking a glass of tequila saying, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another film that we saw was Escape Room. Have you seen the first Escape Room? No. Do you know what an Escape Room is? Yeah, I've been to one. Aha. Did you escape? Yeah. Well, in this, they are all deadly traps. We knew at the end of the first escape room that there would be a second. I didn't feel that Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions was as good. And I'll tell you why. All these people that they've got in the escape room this time had already escaped from the escape room, but we didn't know their story. Yeah. We weren't joining them at the beginning. Mm. And, okay, we know inevitably now the figures are in. There's going to be a third. Well, Escape Room is... It's Saw. That's my problem. Without... It's like Saw, if Jigsaw... I was going to say, isn't it just like a Saw movie? Yeah. Imagine... These people are put in these escape rooms with a means of escape, which means that they've they've got to sacrifice somebody or something. And they're really elaborate, okay? Yeah. And they've got massive sort of complexes full of these escape rooms. And basically, the very, very rich are betting on who will survive and who won't. Mm. And imagine if Jigsaw, from the Saw movies didn't just make everything himself but he had a he had a budget of millions and his traps weren't these industrial machines that will twist your bones right out of their sockets yeah. but they were a bit more stylish than that i'd say as well that and basically it's like jigsaw if jigsaw had you know tony stark or bruce wayne's money Okay. If you've just seen, if you've been to the cinema, for example, and just seen Spiral from the Book of Soul, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, this is just weak Soul. Yeah. Whereas was that a was that a pun on weak sauce? Yeah. Oh, like, or, or is it now? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> because when I saw Escape Room before. I really enjoyed it, but I hadn't seen Saw in years. Yeah. yeah. Having just seen Saw again, it's like, oh, it's not Saw. Saw is kind. Of, Saw is the benchmark in those films. What they used to call back in the day torture porn, which I think is definitely the wrong thing to call Saw. But for for torture porn, you know, you you had things like um, Hostel. I, I wouldn't put. Oh no! They, I know they did put it in that bracket. Yeah, but I wouldn't call saw that because the writing's too strong. No, because um, every single episode interlocked with the other yeah. episodes, like a jigsaw. Yeah. But I'm not happy with calling anything sort of like porn. No. Because the word porn means, you know, sort of of a sexual nature. Yeah. I mean, people say, oh, look at this. So you, you see pictures of food, like, oh, it's food porn. No, it's not. No, it's food. Yeah. Just, it's food. Stop using the word porn. You know, if you want to call them torture movies, all right, I'm happy with that. Fine. But torture porn, no, because... It makes it sound dirty. When yeah. it's they make it sound dirty, dirty and as if somebody is getting some kind of perverse kick from yeah. watching yeah. them. Vicarious kick. There we are. We put that in its place. <laughs> oh, we are going great guns tonight. Right. The last thing that we've seen since our previous show has been M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Yeah. Now, you and I have got slightly different views on this. Oh, it's like Space Jam all over again. Except I, I thought it was a really strong piece of work. Oh, and I thought it was okay. Oh. But to be fair, I have literally just had my second yeah. vaccine. Yeah, to be fair, we've both had our vaccines this week, our second yeah. one, and it has actually knocked put, us both yeah. out. Premise of the story, these people at a very exclusive, very um, expensive 
resort on an island somewhere, yeah. you know, like tropical island. Yeah. Um, the manager kind of selects them to say, you know, why uh, why don't you go onto this private beach? We'll arrange transport there for you. And you know, about three families go. But they can't leave the beach. Okay. They go on the beach and starting with the children they start aging rapidly yeah. you can live your whole life from your current age to your death in less than a day oh. i'd leave it there because if you go much more into it you're going to go into heavy spoiler territory yeah um what i will say is like the kids they grow older, mm. but in their minds, you know, they 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 they, they, still... they they they're still like six and eleven. Yeah. And it deals with aging, failing health, because whatever kind of problem that you have, mm. um, one of one of the characters, and I will give this away, has a small benign tumor. Which becomes huge. Yeah. It accelerates whatever's happening in you already. Mm. And there, it's a mixture of. It's very poignant when you're dealing with uh, aging. You know, both parents seeing their children age and children seeing their parents age. And there's also quite a bit of body horror as within a couple of hours you see the ravages of age on yourself and any conditions suddenly become life-threatening yeah so there's that body horror of somebody with a calcium deficiency you know all of a sudden their bones become incredible incredibly brittle they break an arm for example and because everything's accelerated yeah. and they haven't been able to to get the bone set or anything it heals twisted so there's horror, there's a lot of poignancy, and I thought it was a film that deserves a bit more praise than it's been getting. It yeah. worked for me. Um, the ending, which I will not go into, I thought, ooh, do we need to? Do we need this ending? But having thought about it and written my review the following day, I thought. Well, yeah, I think we did need that ending because the ending raises pertinent moral questions. Okay. So, if you do get a chance to see it, yeah. take that chance to see it. Okay. Um, M. Night um, Shyamalan is, of course, the director of Split, which you enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of his other films like uh, Unbreakable. No, that was the you know there was Split, Unbreakable, and there was another Glass. one. Oh, Glass. Glass. Yes. Yeah, I never saw Unbreakable. Actually. Oh, I've seen right. Glass and Split. And of course, The Sixth Sense, but I don't know that either no. one of you have seen that. No. Uh, the Happening. Yeah. Which again, underrated, I think, is genius. And this reminded me a lot of The Happening. But I, for me, with old, I think. Although I was given a choice to see it or not see it after the. The vaccine. Mm. Even right up to the turn-off um, where, you, where you merge with the traffic to go towards the multiplex. The, mm. he, he was given a choice. The, the problem is as well, you know, because you hear so many people not having any side effects of the second one, yeah. you think, oh, it'll go off by then. And when, yeah, a film is explaining itself, at that point, a part of me was just like, you know what, just end. Mm. See, I'm in full sympathy with both of you, having watched a film not in good health. Yeah. But when I re-watched this film that I'm going to talk about later um, in better health, it was, picture this, right? It's 1979. Yeah. It is pouring down with rain. Okay. I have the flu. Okay. I mean, basically, eyes, nose, dripping. 
Yeah. Uh, aching all over. This film is playing in the local cinema for two nights. I didn't go and see it the first night. I've got to go and see it the second or I just won't see it. There was no home video back then. Yeah. So I dragged myself to the cinema. I'd been at work that day. I, I felt like microwaved excretia. Okay? What? What comes out of your bottom end. Oh, okay. Um, I hauled myself to the Town Hall Cinema, which is easy walking distance from where I lived then. Yeah. They act, it was raining so much, the roof leaked. They had three or four buckets not far from where I sat. And as the film was going on, raging headache, eye streaming, coughing, spluttering, sneezing, and all I could hear was a constant dripping in different directions. Yeah. I I did not like the film that I was watching one bit. I shouldn't have seen it, but I yeah. thought that was my only chance. That film I had been looking forward to, didn't like it on my screen. It's considered one of the all-time greats. It was Alien. But when I saw it was re-released and I went to see it again, of course I saw it for the classic that it is. Yeah. And I I like Alien a little bit more every time I see it. Mm. But that time, that first time, I was at that point and still am disappointed in the chestburster sequence because of the little you know, alien that comes out that gives an offended sort of and then goes scuttering yeah. away. When 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 John Hurt's chest bursts open, see we're talking about John Hurt again, as we did earlier. We don't just make this up as we go. It's all carefully planned. <laughs> Shut up, Tiff. Um, I thought that was uniquely done. I mean, having a a, a hose pipe of offal to fire at Veronica Cartwright without her knowing to get a real response. But the actual creature I didn't like. And, you know, this may well be heresy. But I wouldn't be... It wouldn't be the worst thing to happen if they were to reissue Alien with a CGI chestburster. I'd actually be happy with that. Because that's the one. That's the, that's the one, one effect that it lets it down. That's the one thing in Alien that just doesn't work. The Alien itself is fine. The Alien itself is an amazing suit. Because I, I've said it before. I prefer Alien to Aliens. Yeah. Ooh. Have you seen Aliens? Not properly. Why are you going? Yeah, then, as if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do it so well. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, um, maybe your homework, not for next time, but some other time, will be to watch Aliens and let us know why it's better than the original. Okay. Or why the original is better than Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Director's cut of Alien, though. Director's cut of Alien, yeah. I agree, is the go-to. I think you've you've got I've the got box them. set because yeah. I gave it to you. Yeah. What are you doing when you get home tonight? After eating. Watching a Wrong second episode. disc of Justice League. Second disc. Yeah. It comes in two parts. Of course it does. Yes, yes. What? It's only now you're watching the Zack Snyder version. No, the Zack. I've already watched the Zack Snyder oh, edition. Okay. I'm watching it on Blu-ray. I was just going to say, whose child are you? (laughs) Good Lord, child. Uh, Right then, do we have anything else that we want to tell our faithful listener, if indeed our listener is still there and hasn't just cut us off dead because of what we said about Doctor Who? Oh, they're bringing back Dead Space, the video game. Wake up! In case they uh, fell asleep. I just saw the sound meter (laughs) spike. Not you, Bo. Talk about Dead Space, because isn't Dead Space an awful lot like Alien? Yeah, Dead Space. um, I first played it at the Gore Zone weekend, the first one, 
when it was kind of, I think it was this beta phase. Many, many moons ago. You're going back about 12, 13 yeah. years. When they had the pod there and we were at the Odeon yeah. in the West End. And Dead Space in particular, it never had any kind of musical soundtrack, anything like that. Yeah. It was all kind of, all you could hear is footsteps, breathing, and you'd have the health and all that kind of thing. The health bar that was usually on screen was on your suit. So you had to pay attention to your character at all times. Right. And when it first came out, it wasn't that big a hit. It became a hit. It was an after effect. Okay. And Isn't EA... that also a game? Yeah, Mass Effect. Oh, okay. Um, Close. Then they announced Shut up, you. <laughs> at the EA Access that they're bringing it on, the, I believe, the PS4 and 5. The, the, um, it's not a remake as such. They're basically redoing the old game completely. But they're doing it with today's graphics and director's um, cut okay. of the game. But it'll still be the same game? Yeah. But who's so, getting a PS5? Not me. No, you're not. They're, I want the pencil. Okay. They're also uh, making a <laughs> new Aliens game. Which is out next month. Aliens? Yeah. Based on the film? Based on the Alien to the film, yeah. It's out at the end of next month. Okay. On PS5? And 4. And what are you there now? I want to see first what the online access is like. Online access for... Speak up, Tiff. Because I, I don't know whether you... On some platforms like the Xbox, say yeah. the latest Xbox, you can have like a PS Plus account on it, but you can play it with the previous console. So I don't, backwards compatibility. Yeah, so oh, I don't okay. really want because I have a PlayStation Plus account on my PS4. Yeah. I don't want to get another one for the PS5 if I can just have it all on one system. Oh. Basically. Okay. Right. So why why you tell me, right? Yeah. Why would I need these games? Dead Space in particular, because it changed the way you played horror games. Most horror games, it's the usual kind of monster pops up, shoot monster, dies. With these monsters, they're called these aliens, they're called necromorphs. And you literally have to tear them limb from limb. It's the only way you can stop them at all. So if you just shoot them once, they'll still keep coming. So why should I, who have a weak heart, get these games? You like Saw. See, I think I just get frustrated with the game. Why? Because I'm a shoot and then go. Not a shoot, tear, 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 tear. No, I've known you no, for a best. I've known tear, you tear, all tear. your life. You love to inflict maximum damage. To start with, you'd find it really annoying. You're like Carnage with blonde hair. But towards the end, you kind of get into a rhythm. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with, as good as it looked back then, Yes. what they could do with the effects now. Okay. And there are also um, certain levels that they couldn't make before because the technology just wasn't there, which are being put into this version. I'll probably have a look at yours first. And then amble into somewhere like CEX and buy it used second hand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything else until we announce that our next recording, providing that you're both available, of course, note it down in your diaries. Our next recording will be Saturday, the 14th of August. And then that means that the one after that will be the bank holiday weekend at the end of August and your big birthday holiday weekend. Yes. Where you hit the big 3-0. Yeah, no. 30. No, 29. 30. 
Do over you. As you enter your fourth decade. Wow. You're turning 37. <laughs> oh, you're a quarter century, too. Yeah. yeah. Holy. I'm the youngest in the room. Don't look at Bo. No, she's older than me. In dog years. Why are you looking at me? That's better. <laughs> right then. So, until we talk to you again, or talk at you again, because you can't respond to us, um, on Saturday the 14th of August, this is me, Robin, wishing you farewell for now. Me, Steve. Hi, me, Tess. Remember, stay different, stay weird.